welcome everyone to another week of Uy Kukui. This is Ricky Ariza. And Ernesto Ortiz. And always behind the glass, we have Carlos Eligio Ramirez. Oh, I said that wrong. Eligio Carlos Ramirez. He's looking at me. Ding, ding, I'm so ding. sorry. Ding, so sorry, Carlos. This is, you've been gone so long. It's cool. I've been, I've been, I've been gone a long It feels very awkward. It feels very awkward today because everyone is here. I know, right? Because I've been off for a couple weeks. And Carlos, Carlos has been, been gone too. And, 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 and then we're not in our normal space. We're not in our normal we're space. We're on the road. We are on International the road. International on tour. Downtown Phoenix. Downtown no. Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the illusion. But in, in a nice hotel room. Really yes. Is, I think this place is cute. I've never, I've never the been foundry, to this place. The Foundry the Hotel. Foundry Hotel. Yeah. You know, I was trying to call an Uber here and I typed in everything. Everything. Like the proper spelling yeah, of Foundry? That, and... Yeah, everything. It was give, It was sending me to France and I was like, that's going to cost a lot. <laughs> Maybe I won't go. <laughs> Use the wrong app. But <laughs> yeah. we're, but we're, we're, we're at the Foundry today in the hotel room of our guest today. Yes. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you. My name is Janae Sanchez, and I am from Douglas, Arizona. I'm a fronteriza. Um, Agua Prieta, Sonora, as well, is uh, a place that I used to live in. And I am an educator, an artist, and a founder of an organization called Border Arts Corridor. Welcome to the show. Oh my Janae. goodness! Welcome. My gosh, that's a long, uh, that's a long resume. And I'm, I'm also a mom. <laughs> and a mom. And a mom. The most important. <laughs> yes, yes. The most important. No, yeah. I, I met Janae two. We met. We met two years ago yes. doing this program that we're actually. Uh, so, so Janae's in town. She's from Douglas, but she's in town this weekend because this is the sixth session of the Arizona Creative Communities Institute. I've talked about it before in other episodes. Just kind of caught people up over the years um, that have been doing it. Uh, but today was the last. Uh, session that we had in town and uh, I, I got to facilitate part of the day and Janae was, was going to be in town and I was like I want to get Janae on, on the podcast so thank, thank you for you. agreeing to be on I'm happy to be here yeah. This is my first podcast. Really? Well, no, actually, second. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. We thought uh, we, we were special. But like so. in this format, though, like a conversation. Yeah. And it's, oh. How was the other one? It was uh, with and well Regina. It was oh, part of the oh, ASU yeah, yeah, yeah. and PR. I was and, with the NPR. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So part of the program yeah. is I, I I was working with the podcaster named yeah, Regina who who was going to the communities, yeah, and, yeah. and doing podcasting. And she had a, yeah this resume with NPR, and I was oh, like my. really intimidated by her. Yeah, <laughs> she had a really big microphone. Yeah, it really was great. Yes, a and big microphone. Like how? Like was, like I had a big fat like yeah. top part right? or like part. the long ones like the game show host from the 70s because <laughs> I really want those to come back <laughs> how, how great would that be if like the podcast that we had was like a set of a game show uh, and the yes. guest just and the guest watching like oh we're gonna get murdered <laughs> <laughs> none of this is right <laughs> this is scary oh yeah this is sorry I took us no no yeah. no do not apologize <laughs> no because I'm I'm making mental notes on <laughs> how much does that paint cost <laughs> where could we get those microphones that would be amazing so it was a more formal setup that podcast or? oh it was also in a hotel room oh so yeah. this is so, so you're in this trend of, of it, a I podcast did most of the talking it wasn't very conversational that's oh. why I said this is my first podcast because the podcasts I listen to are yeah. very conversational. Oh, yeah, so yeah. It was just me talking, talking, talking. So wow. This is different. You're giving a speech. NPR made you give a speech. They made you work. <laughs> it's not, not exactly NPR, but... <laughs> 
yeah, none of that's going to happen here. Believe no. me. You might have to fight <laughs> to speak <laughs> to sometimes to get on get a word in. <laughs> well, welcome, yeah. welcome. Thank you. Uh, Lo- lovely thank you for having you me. This is great. Yay! Awesome. Yay. So, how's everyone's week been going, Carlos? How was your week? Been? Oh my gosh, Carlos. Why? Um, okay. So long story short, uh, I just got off the road from uh, covering Southern Arizona, where I was passing through Sierra Vista, which you're very hey. familiar with. Yes. Um, oh, I love Sierra Vista. Yeah, it was a great place to escape uh, while my house was going through uh, remediation for asbestos, which uh. I, which I discovered while I was trying to do like a little home remodel. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it uh, super sucked. And uh, yeah, we're almost done with it. And uh, yeah, so we got to hit the road again next week, uh, so they can finish it up. And uh, uh, what yeah. were you remodeling? Huh? What were you remodeling? I have these like I don't know why my dining area has like a coat closet. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Like, yeah. I like those. They have dance mirrors. They, you you want the mirrors? I'll give them to you gladly. <laughs> I don't knew. Th- I I took them all out and I was like just banging around those partitions and I was like, oh cool. Then I pulled down like the drop ceiling and boom, there's asbestos. And I'm Ooh. like, oh that yeah. sucks. What does so, it look like? Um, it comes, it, well, it, okay, we'll go here. Uh, on this episode of This Old House, you'll know asbestos when you see, like, it's a gray and fibrous, the type that I have. Oh, okay. But yeah, like, you can see it, like, in the middle tile, you can see it in popcorn ceiling. Yeah. But the point is, as soon as you disrupt it, it becomes free in the air. And, uh, oh, yeah, you, it's dangerous. And then really it becomes, dangerous. if you breathe it in, in, it, if you breathe it in in adequate amounts, then it can, like, create mesothelioma, which is a form of lung cancer. That's so, okay. That's why they stopped using it. Uh, however, uh, if you'll look at the writings of Mr. Donald J. Trump on the, uh, oh, Twitter, he will say that 45 we just say number 45 he'll yeah. say that asbestos is not as dangerous as we say it is so but yeah nuevas, huh? nuevas. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Ugh. long story short i have to pay a bunch of money and there is a comment in that number so meh. oh it's called being an adult yeah that's what it is i thought you were gonna say you found a treasure <laughs> <laughs> and it's poison <laughs> There was a box. It's a cursed treasure. <laughs> oh. What about you, Ernie? Uh, let's see here. This week? Or, or yeah, yeah. Or since we've last spoke? Since we've last spoke, yeah. Well, since, you know. Oh, my well, God. Well, I see you out and about because yeah. I'm freelancing now, and I'm freelancing back at one of the jobs is at Child's Play where yeah. Ernie works. So I see Ernie a lot more often than he asks me questions to. I don't know yes because he's worked because there the, administratively no one, administratively longer than me yes and no one knows those ans- answers to any of those questions either so we're all looking at each other like uh <laughs> we had an office manager that was there I don't know how many years like 20 plus yeah. 26 years and something like that so she knew everything she left and we're all just oh. staring at each other like does anyone know how to lock the door <laughs> so she left and they had me kind of cover front desk for oh like a goodness. month and yeah, <laughs> so I'm in the middle of that like transition. I don't know where anything is. Do you even know how to use the phone? I do. I well, do I'm, know how I'm to not saying I'm not. I'm saying that because no, but I mean it, no, but I think office phones can be tricky. Yeah, no, no, that was like because I'm not sure how to easy. answer mine. But me, um, me, it's the money drop thing that I'm the check print print the check, put it in the log, sign it, don't sign it. What? This, None of that, that makes sense. That shit. I'm like, what? Yeah, office office Sorry, processes Emily. never make sense. Those systems, those systems are, are awful. Real, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're real. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, you were setting him up, like you know. Oh, do you know how to use the office phone? Then why do I keep missing my messages? <laughs> well, I don't get any calls. So. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> zero calls. Yeah, zero. <laughs> Literally, I zero write grants. Calls. No one's calling me. <laughs> they're running from me. That's what they're doing. <laughs> No, I'm saying that because anytime uh, Ricky doesn't call my desk, he uh, he texts me. Because <laughs> I know it'll be faster. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, mm. Oh, what's going on with me? Let's see here. I just finished the another That's So Gay show in West Phoenix, and that was another packed house. It amazes me. We always think that like the gay community is living here downtown in the neighborhood that we call here in, in downtown Phoenix, but you go west, and those gays on the west side, because that place was packed. We One year we did a show in Mesa. I'm, I'm trying to think, was it That's So Gay? It wasn't. But it was a similar kind of show. And uh, also, room was packed, so gays are everywhere. It's beautiful. There are no gay bars in West Valley, though, are there? They're, they just opened one. Which one? Where? Um, I forget what it's called, but they just opened it. I saw an ad for it, and it's it's in, like, close to my neighborhood, and it is in a rough part of town. In, you don't live in the it's, West Side, though. I know, because I, I grew up, like, in Glendale. Oh, your family's home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Glendale. I grew up in Maryville. You grew up in the rich neighborhood compared <laughs> to our, <laughs> our body. Oh, shit. We're like, one day I'm going to move to Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> Those feral children. One day, one day I'm gonna cross Grand. <laughs> no, but it's like it's right, it's right by. If anybody knows it, West Side Lesses. It's like the Circle K on the corner. Yeah, and it's like mm-hmm. right behind it. And I was like, oh my god, that's where those kids got shot. And it was like, but yeah, they opened up again. And now they're gonna meet their man. Wow, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there any gay bars in Douglas? In Agua Prieta. Yeah, in Mexico there are. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I used to work on the border uh, when I lived in Texas, and I would go to all the little border towns, right? Uh And uh, um, yeah, there was never a gay bar in the U.S. side, but there was always a popping gay bar in the Mexico side. A few. Yeah. Yeah. A few. Do you have a favorite? You know, I am not in that scene at the moment, but back then, yeah. 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 And it's, it's just not open anymore. It's it's been a decade. Yeah. yeah. So, oh wow. Yeah. So I know. it's been what? You're like, oh wow. Like I'm really old. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, <bodicita>. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, you're, yeah. you're probably my age, but I haven't been to a gay bar in like two weeks. I have three kids. I, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 So. I get that because. I can't get the lint off of my shirt for my cat, so oh. <laughs> props to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's all I have going. That's I don't know comedy have. shows. I'm starting a storytelling show downtown, but I'll talk about that later. Talk about that I don't have all the details. Yeah. So, what about you? How was your week? Oh, it was it was wonderful. I actually just got back from a leadership institute in San Antonio Ooh. with Nala. Oh, with Nala. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I am full and inspired and energized and I still haven't like come back <laughs> because yeah, right. I came here. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense yeah, yeah, to totally. another like learning session. Mm-hmm. So um I I feel just very fortunate to have been around so many leaders in the mm-hmm. Chicano movement and the contemporary movement with Latinx artists and, and leaders yeah. in the arts. And I am hoping to do stuff with all that knowledge yeah. <laughs> that's been instilled in me. So, And you were in San Antonio and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous. It's human, but it's beautiful. It's an, it's an amazing place. Yeah. yeah. I love that place. Nice. nice. So, so, Talk to us a little bit. I think about about the work that that you that you you, you do with the uh, Border Arts Corridor. Yeah, well, I mean, we started our organization. My husband and I founded our organization in 2015. We opened a coffee shop and on our main street in town, and we thought, man, we need art in our community, and so we started doing monthly art shows. And then about three years later, we decided to invite more artists all at once and do more of like a street 
art show, like a art walk. And so that was really like the birth of our organization. And so inviting our artists from Agua Prieta and Douglas, Bisbee, anybody who wanted to come right, could, right. could do that. And so from there, I think we caught the attention through social media of the Arizona Commission on the Arts. Cassandra yeah, yeah. Hernandez was yeah. working um, in the programs, artist programs yeah. um, at the time. And so that was when it's kind of like when an institution sees you, it's like you're legitimized, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Especially we're, it's just my no, husband and I right, doing yeah. this with some community members. And then we started really thinking seriously about an organization, a binational organization that would serve as a platform to not only um, bring up our artists or create spaces for their artwork um, to be admired and appreciated, but also to um, facilitate outside artists and that community organizing aspect as well. So we've been at it and now we have a 501c3. It was yeah. given to us. It was, oh, it was transferred oh, wow. to us. Oh, wow. And we have an asset, which is a, a theater. Yes, yeah, so I noticed. Yeah. I saw this. Yeah, oh, the, nice the fundraising you're doing for that. So yeah. all this happened, you know, in the last two years. Yeah. So a five hundred one c three is a is a oh. it's a nonprofit or tax status. It means you have to do taxes. Yeah. And all <laughs> but it means you're a nonprofit and you can yeah. accept donations and yeah. and people. Well, depending, can they can they write off their? They uh, can. Yeah, yep. they can claim a deduction on their taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we don't have to ask for a fiscal sponsor anymore. Now we're writing our own grants. Oh, nice. And we've been luckily pretty successful in the grants that we've been submitting. Mm -hmm. And we're we're just moving forward and we'll see what happens. Yeah, awesome. the theater. Uh, oh, yeah. Talk a little bit about this. I know this the is on the theater, website yes. as well as the video from New York Times. I saw that you video. roll your eyes, but yeah. it was like cute. you said, that's, but, but there's some like legitimacy, right? Like the yeah. stories being the, the, the areas being, you know, you're given a spotlight, right? A yeah. Platform. I mean, for so long, we, we allow other talking heads to, to take over that narrative of our community, uh -huh. right? To steal the spotlight and do whatever they want with it. And right. so this is our way of um, taking ownership of our of what we want our community um, to be represented as and so artists are taking that initiative in our community and so we hope to just keep on lifting them um, but the building i mean it, it's it was built in 1919 it's 100 years old we just wow. celebrated 100 years it doesn't have a roof mm -hmm. you know which as a border organization we don't see that as as a, a, a bound or a border, right? We don't see that as an obstacle, rather an opportunity. Right. Just like so many people mentioned to us, wow, it's so hard. It must be really hard working on the border. But we see it. I mean, we try to make the best out of everything, yeah, right? I right. think that's our culture. Mm -hmm. We make the best of what we can and we, we bring up the positive aspects. And so since this theater doesn't have a border, we're, or I'm sorry, a roof, <laughs> a border too, um, we're, we're trying to rethink what a theater can be, whether, you know, incorporating a community garden right. and, you yeah. know, this open air. It already sounds space. cool yeah. without that roof. The Globe yeah. doesn't have a roof. Yeah, there's the another theater. other spaces oh, yeah, here. There we go. Well, the Globe Theater. No, the Globe oh. uh, Shakespeare. Oh, Globe Theater okay. doesn't have a roof either. Oh, see, see, there you go. Yeah, no, you but like I love the Globe this Theater in Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love this. I love this that that idea that, yeah. that it's a multi-purpose space is it's, is really rad. Yeah, it's, I mean, new things can be born. Yeah, that yeah. otherwise yeah, wouldn't exist. Theater always is like to me, it's a community exactly meeting place, right? Mm -hmm. And that can look any way. 
any way the community chooses it to look, mm-hmm. which is impact, which is powerful. Yeah, and the theater closed in 1958, and so you can imagine. My mom was born in 1958. My mom is 62, mm-hmm. and so. My mom doesn't even know, well, now she does, what it looked like wow. in the theater. So yeah. this whole generation, two generations, does, like have no concept of what the theater is or what it was. And so our goal is to open it up so that generation, I mean, they're up there in age now. They're the only people in our community that have memories of it. They're in, like my my aunt, she's in her 80s, she remembers and so it's like it's it's urgent, right? Yeah. We need it. We're collecting stories, and we want to open it up and make it safe. Ooh, so, that sounds so cool. What kind of plan do you have for that right now? Well, I, yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw that it's on the website as far yeah. as like donating. But what? Yeah, what, what do you anticipate? How long it's going to take? Well, we are okay. It's technically, if we want to open up a fully functioning theater, state-of-the-art theater, we need about $16 million, right? Wow, really? And so that's, uh-huh. we're, we're taking it in stages. Yeah, I noticed Goal that. Goal one, smart. let's open it. Let's get, let the community go back in there and remember and, and be in there and, you know, be in those walls. It's, it's a gorgeous space. It's a, a crazy experience to be in there. It's a hundred yeah. years old. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of history. I mean, segregation is a part of the history and we want to tell that story. Um, uh, we had, um, Anna Pavlova perform there. Oh, wow. Um, you know, some really big names in the arts mm-hmm. and, Movies were premiered there. Step two would be to have community events and uh, let the community decide how the space can be utilized. Whether, I mean, if they want to do a quinceanera, I'm all for that too, yeah. you know, but experimental spaces for performances, workshops, todo, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You do rad stuff. Yeah, I'm loving that. I'm loving this. Uh, There's this there are trees in there. Trees inside, inside? inside there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. we want to. We don't want to take them out. No, I mean gorgeous. The, and the environment has taken over the space, yeah. and we want to respect that force of nature as well yeah. in the process. In which that's we decide. gorgeous. That would be that's a cool beautiful. space to be so perform in. Yeah. Ooh. The carpet play. So Teatro Bravo's working on a series. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 awesome. That's awesome. We should talk later. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk later. Um, so, well, speaking of that, um, um, I don't know how to transition. <laughs> the worst so, transition any, ever. <laughs> what? So one thing that... Well, what are you looking at me? No, so, so one thing Ernie, Ernie, Ernie did brought, is brought, brought this amazing segment uh, called Que Es Eso? Yeah, well, okay. T- let's talk to me up. about that. Okay, so... Um, our podcast or our show is about things that are scary or spooky or things that just scare us in general, whether it's a, it's a scary movie or folklore or contemporary cuckoos. Um, but there's also some beautiful things that are in our culture, whether they're in the Atlantic culture, LGBT, or just culture of just us, right? That we like to share. We're theater people, right? We are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I concur. Uh, true. True. And so there's some sayings that we have in the theater. Oh, hold on. We have a cute little intro. So let's see if I can cue this up here. Okay. So now it's time for... Ah! So the topic for today on Quesesso is the term mucha mierda. 
which sounds very offensive. Right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a, little a little bit. bit. And when I first heard it, I was like, what are you saying to me? But people who are in the theater, um, in Spanish theater or Spanish-speaking theater, use that term before they go on stage. And it's the equivalent to break a leg or break, break legs, right? Mm-hmm. And the article that I read didn't give a time frame, but it was back in the day mm-hmm. uh, when people would come to the theater. They, it, theater was a thing that people that were poor loved to do. But in order for people to see their to get their work, uh, keep their work going, um, it was important that rich people come and see their work. Um, as today. As today. <laughs> <laughs> but in those days, a lot of people came in horse and carriage or rode, rode horses to the theater. Mm-hmm. So the more people that were coming in horse and carriage, the more excrement was outside of the theater. So the, actual, the translation of mucha mierda is lots of shit. <laughs> so... When there was a lot, mucha mierda outside, it, mean, it meant that your play was a success. Mm-hmm. You had a good house. You had a good mm-hmm. house. A very stinky house. <laughs> but a good <laughs> but house. But a great house. Can you imagine? Yes. It's so the time disgusting. frame is before Cars. So, so before Cars. So whenever that was. When was that? <laughs> 1920. 10. 10. 19. Around here. there. <laughs> but it depends on what car. Because it was like the Flintstone car. <laughs> <laughs> they would still Terrible. have mierda. They would still have mierda. Bigger mierda. But bigger mierda. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That show was real successful. <laughs> and stinky. <laughs> so that is. Yes, that's all. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you Thank that. you very much. Thank you. <laughs> we got to work on that segment. <laughs> so that's the progress. strongest piece of this. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Show 50. Show 50. 50. We need to tighten that up a little. <laughs> Hundredth <laughs> one, I swear we'll get. It. Yeah, I'm gonna use it in yeah. my life. Yeah, too oh, good. Yay! You know, I, I I was in a play one time with this uh, playwright. I'm not gonna say his name. Well, I guess I could say his name, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, James Garcia. Oh yeah. Anyways, oh, why? so uh, he is notorious for having a script, but he tells you from the beginning, don't memorize that; it's gonna change. But Aye. you don't think it's you think? Yeah, okay, okay, it's in progress and. By opening, we'll have a solid script. Even, <laughs> even at opening, he's like, "No, we're gonna change these lines." Oh <laughs> Throughout the run, he's changing the lines. Ugh. And we used to joke one time. Uh, we did the show called "A Boy Named Cesar," and the cast would uh, would joke, and we'd say, "You know what? We're gonna get this, and it'll be solid by closing." So, <laughs> when the show ends, Art we'll have that segment tight. <laughs> Art is an organic process. Yes. <laughs> we love you, James. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. For you, the listeners of Oikwikwik Podcasts, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. This is a really great service, guys. I actually just downloaded Bless Me Ultima by Rudolfo Anaya. Mm, I love that book. I do, too. I have, I have, I easily have three or four hard copies around this apartment somewhere. Uh, I have six. <laughs> at your place, you just, yeah, just you know, oh, yeah, you know what? I just saw, I just saw one at a thrift store. Um, <laughs> and I almost got you it. Almost I was got like, it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, we got so many. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, I have a lot of copies because I was doing a lot of research for it because that was actually the first show I directed at Teatro Bravo and you were actually in it. Then that was my very first play. <laughs> so if you want to know how the play began, check out the novelization, A 
of Bless Me Ultima by Rodolfo Anaya. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash uikukui. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash uikukui for your free audiobook. But other than Border Arts Corridor, you also are a practicing artist. Like, I, I, uh, I heard that you did durational art. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so, yeah. Talk about that. Durational performance. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds good already. How do you know? I mean, it's, I mean, it's about endurance, right? It's a, you do an action for, you set a time. I mean, if you want to do it until you pass out, you can choose to do that. Oh. Um, so uh, for my thesis, for my MFA, I skinned brown rice and made it white rice for about eight hours a day, uh, five days during the duration of the exhibition. Wow. And it was painful. I mean, I took breaks. I ate. I mean, sure. I, I stayed alive, right? Um, so it was, you know, an act of, you know, just uh, showing the the pain and the, sorry, I haven't thought about my thesis in a long time. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't either. It's okay. <laughs> sorry, but taking just, me just back. The day after, just the day after, you're like, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> we can edit, right? <laughs> I should know what my thesis is about. Okay. Well, I mean... Uh, the te- the piece is called Skinning to Whiten, Survival Mechanisms. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so we know that white rice is actually brown rice, yep. right? It's just like dehusked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's gone through a process. And so it's really about uh, my experience as a fronteriza and just, you know, learning about the my family's history and, you know, what ha- what they've endured and, you know, the, the stories that have been passed on to me as far as assimilation goes. And so um, we do these things. I mean, Spanish was is not was not a, a language that we spoke in my household, even when we lived in Mexico. Really? Yeah. Really? And um, my mother as well it's like her second language and her mother and so oh wow the it's That's very interesting the past you know the passing of knowledge and the rescinding of knowledge mm-hmm. right in order um to to stay afloat or to to assimilate um so i was thinking about those things and just women's labor in general and the the mm. repetition and i was thinking about maquilas that are ever present in border communities yeah. And so one of my professors, it will never leave my mind um, when she talked about how women are the best candidates for those jobs, those tedious jobs, yeah, right. you know, whether they're like putting chips together uh, for Samsung or whatever, um, because they have um, more cushion and, and they get up less to go to the bathroom. We get up. Wow. Less and oh, we, can, wow. we can sustain the duration like of a work day without getting up and get more work done, more labor. Right. And so I was thinking about those things uh, when I was working on my thesis. Um, yeah, because I was thinking as you were talking about, like, you know, blanching rice, um, not only that, the idea that, you know, women are – this concept of, like, you know, women is surreal. But uh, I talk to my mom about this all the time, about the concept that, like, kitchen work, meal preparation, because of how long and arduous it is, the simple act of, like, preparing meals for the day itself is sort of like a, a form of, like, oppression because – they would wake up at like an hour before the men uh-huh, did yeah. to like grind all the meal and make all the food and all this other stuff. And then like to send it off for the men when they went off to work or whatever. And then like at, right afterwards, they would get ready re- to uh, prepare the next meal. So they were always just like either on their knees or just plowing or doing something like that. So that idea. Right. And it's invisible labor. It is. Mm-hmm. And like the diligence that's required of them 
saying, oh, it, it, that seems sort of like diligence is applied to like manufacturing, uh, chip, uh, manu- uh, microchip ma- manufacturing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So durational performance. Yeah. How, ma- how, how many, how many performances like different performances have you of ever that done? piece I've done? Or, or that- I mean of durational artwork oh, okay. in, in of itself. Have you done? Um, you know, that's been the piece that I've done. I've done that piece in three different spaces. Oh, yeah, different I've done it at the Hive in Phoenix and also at Smoka. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. And part of the piece, um, so during that time, our border fence was being renovated or redone. Mm-hmm. And so they knocked down the fence that was present in Douglas um, during this time. This was in uh, 2010. And so you could just drive by and you see like the border on the ground. It was crazy. And so I just went there and I collected pieces of the border fence. And so there was a construction site and they were putting in the, the, the pieces you see now, the steel pieces, uh-huh. the bigger, the taller big, yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, and so that border, those um, pieces were a part of um, the exhibition as well. Oh, um, very cool. Like, they're like, the, it was like a border boneyard, it felt like, because yeah. it had to like excavate some of the pieces that, you know, got pushed into the ground. Yeah. Uh, but before that fence was built, the one that I actually took for my, for my art project, there wasn't a fence. And that was like the story that you heard. Yeah, that, in the video. Yeah. yeah. So there was you would just run across to your aunt's house. We just crossed. We yeah. didn't know better. Yeah. yeah. It was it felt like the same city to us at the right. time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's how I mean, I hear stories of that's how exactly how it was. There was nothing. El Paso's <laughs> the same way. Yeah. yeah. You just run across and whatever. Yeah. It's not the same it, now. It felt not, right at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go to my tia's or yeah. I'm gonna go home. It just yeah. felt it felt right. But it was so wrong, federal. Well, federal wrong, but <laughs> it was federal wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but but you shared like cultural. There was a cult, the common culture between both sides of the border. Yeah. There was a common identity because you had family that was over there. So it really sort of seemed like the border was a, sort of arbitrary. Like it was more concept than reality. Yeah, I mean, it felt like an inconvenience because at the time when I we did live in Mexico, we crossed so that we could go to school. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, we just got used to the lines. We had to plan our life around lines. Right. right? Uh, it was an inconvenience. But then when we were just out there playing, it was, we just thought, well, we're going to go to Tia's house now. Yeah. We'll be back. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no lines. No lines. Yeah, we're going to go play. I mean, it's just right there. Like, was, I, I so can dumb. literally see it. Yeah. I'm just going to go there. Yeah. And if there's one thing we hate in America, it's bureaucracy. With that. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> we were chatting earlier just about yeah cuckoos contemporary cuckoos you know when we were prepping for the show and i don't mean i don't i don't even know how to like open this without sounding like super corny or weird but just like what yeah since this is bullshit's going on with 45 what what is mm. douglas what's the atmosphere down you know yeah what is it like mm. what's going on well i mean because just, it's not like, as you said earlier, it's not a community that has a center, right? It's not a, it doesn't have a detention center. No, no, we don't have a detention center. Right. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of what is shown in, um, in the media, it, it's, it doesn't apply directly to our community. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that we, we feel it and we mourn, you know, with our brothers and sisters who are going through this crisis. Right. right. And also, um, there are so many, um, there are several organi- organizations on the ground on both sides of the border actually helping, um, 
you know, to to facilitate uh, migrants from Nogales and in Texas and Yuma. And so like we're our community is facilitating, but we're not dealing with it um, in a large way. I mean, there it's there. We do have um, small um, centers and now up at the migrant centers. Mm -hmm. um, but it's every border town is is complex and different in their own way. Right. And I think that's an important thing um, for America to know <laughs> because it's not one thing. And I think it's all lumped right into one yeah, into yeah. one package. And yeah. so, I mean, we're very different from Nogales and, you know, border towns in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of a lot of. Um, when I grew up, we saw migrants all the time on a daily basis in the main streets of the community. And that's just my kids have never seen migrants, you know, a 50 migrants sitting on Main Street, sitting on the curb with 10 Border Patrol. I grew up with those scenes. My children have never seen that. Oh, wow. And that just tells you how they've been able to control this like this line and push my migration trails into very dangerous territory. Uh -huh. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's uh, one aspect is that it's sort of like an invisible kukui. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't see it. We know about it. We hear it on the, on the news, but it's, it's, it's just been, it's a different experience. It's almost invisible um, right. to the community. And so I think that's why it's, it creates a space for, I think even first generation Americans whose parents, you know, they're from Mexico to support things like walls and, mm -hmm. and, um, bands and all of those crazy, crazy ideas. That, yeah. And I, I, because there's this distance now, uh -huh. right? We're not completely um, facing it in a, in a human way like we did before. So there's right. this, there's this distance in the space. And so that's, that's something I'm I'm concerned concerned about as a as a resident, as a mother, and as an artist. Right. And so I try to remind my kids all the time that this is happening. You're not seeing it, but there's there are people in the desert right now, and they need water, and they're yeah. thirsty, and they want a, a better life. And your grandparents did that. So yeah, yeah. So and they're humans. They're humans, and yes. they could have been us. It could have been us. Yeah. It could have been us. Yeah. And we were so. talking earlier about this this idea of survival, mm -hmm. right? This this family, this this idea of, of families on either side surviving. Because we were talking about the migrants who are who are coming with family, as you're saying, through the desert to bring a better life, to have an opportunity, and to escape violence. Mm -hmm. But then on on our side. Because we were talking, we were referencing the article where I think it's like fifty-one percent. I think is, is the is the number of border patrol officers are Latino, mm -hmm. and there's yeah. this and there's this idea that survival. It's yeah. the highest paying jobs, and you were saying it's a highest paying job right now, federal job in Douglas, and it's this want for them to bring their family to middle class. Right. So there's a struggle struggle on either side of the border, on you know both sides mm -hmm. of of survival, right? right? Survival and family. Yeah, I mean, it's it's common in our community. And I've had this conversation with friends in like Phoenix, my real liberal friends, and they'll start kind of knocking our Latino or Latinx Border Patrol, Border yeah, Patrol right. women. Uh -huh. And I and I can't help but step in and say, well, okay, yeah, I, I hear you, but let's think about it. I mean, they're also 
pushing and doing this for survival. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. You know, in this in this climate, uh, we have our community went through an economic depression, and mm -hmm. from the '80s, the smelter closed, which was the main, you know, source of company town. Yes. And so when that went away, I mean, jobs were scarce. And so federal jobs became the bread and butter and, you know, of our community. Mm -hmm. So and we were talking about how, you know, at the end of the day, if there's a, a family of migrants in the desert and I would rather my friends who grew up in Douglas, you know, be the one to find them, you know, go through the process, you know, right. it's been changing the process, but I know my friends have granola bars and burritos uh -huh. in their, in their trunks and water. And I, I, ha I have this, there's a sense of comfort in a way, right? If they right. find, I, you know, it's, it's very complicated. You want them to make it to their destination, but if it has to come to, to being found, um, I'd rather my friends from this community find them rather than somebody who has, you know, a different upbringing or perception of um, people from our communities. So it's the spirit of a uh, protect and serve, not just enforce. Right. Yeah. It's, it's more than law and order. Right. You know, it right. goes beyond that. It's, you know, people are, people want to uh, do what you're doing yeah. and you can't, yeah. How can we be uh, be judging, you know, as far as like their circumstances are? Yeah, so this is I have my a cousin opinion. that's a border patrol agent. Really? Yeah, yeah. we give him shit all the time. But yeah, but, but yeah, it come, I mean, it's family, right? <laughs> Carrilla. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah he's in my stand-up act. Yeah, <laughs> I give him shit all the time. But uh, yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, gosh, and isn't it interesting how like? I just sorry to cut you off, but isn't it interesting how like the lack of economic development? is what sets two forces against each other. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's no other jobs other than border. There's no other job than border patrol agent. You know, there's, uh, and all these people who are trying to come into the border, mainly it is for economic opportunity. Exactly. So we're all just chasing the dollar. Yeah. And that's a, it's a great paying job. I mean, it's, my cousin left uh, Los Angeles to work in Ajo. I think it is. Mm. Uh, yeah, oh no, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great paying job. Yeah. yeah. Ain't no Asian fusion restaurants in Ajo. What the heck? <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna see J Lo at Spago. Is it Ajo? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> they need a Have you been to Ajo? Uh, no, oh. I have. I performed I've in spent time in Ajo. My ex was from Ajo, oh. and there was actually I remember I was weird that Ajo got brought up because there was a one we were on his friend's patio and they were talking about one of the guys there was Border Patrol. This was years. This was like five six years ago, and was saying how they were telling stories about finding dead bodies mm -hmm. and just you know yeah it was just really hard to listen to the rest of those stories. Um, but that's a reality that I, you know, I, I'm not witnessing all the yeah. time. Right. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think I mean, when you talk about family, like giving shit to family who are working with border. Patrol, yeah. I didn't give shit to my sister. My sister doesn't work for border patrol, but I remember a few years ago, she, she, you know, she was, she was dating, you know, dating around and stuff and and she just was talking about this guy that she really liked and and they, they, they had gone and no they had gone on a couple oh, dates no. no and she just said she goes you know i just want to be honest with you like i don't i don't think i don't know if it's really going he's really nice but he works for ice and i just said whoa and i just stopped I and i and this was before ice was like ice well i mean we're like i don't know there's this level i feel it's hitting I don't, I don't, to me it landed and i just said look i'm gonna be straight with you like 
I'm not, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to meet him. I don't want to talk to him. This is dangerous. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. Didn't happen. Didn't continue. I think it, yeah, that was enough. I actually, I don't know if she listened or to me or what, but, but it's that idea that when it hits close like that, you're like, no, I know. But it, it's also that being on the outside and not knowing what goes on inside. I mean, we have friends, we hear all these stories and, um, in the media and we have our opinions about about the police in general um and the things that are going on with the police um right now but we have friends that are police that are police um and somehow it's a different story when you're talking to them it's not for me i've lost the relationships for well, sure yeah. but i mean it's not like antagonism I'm like go i'm not going to like start a fight but i'm unapologetic about my views mm-hmm. and i'm not shifting from my views and Sometimes relationships are lost, but and, and it's weird. It's, and I, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I know, and I know what you're saying. But I, I mean, I have a really good friend that's a police officer, and his friends that are police officers. And for me, when I hear police officer, I get scared. Yes, um, and that's not okay. Fear, right? It's all of but us. But when though, I see I all of them. I say, hey, how are you? And yeah. I have a great time with them. It's like it's two different worlds. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that I mean, I, I think I have a, a certain disdain only because uh, my uncle was Tempe PD. Mm-hmm. And I remember the realization being in high school, being fascinated with being asked to go on a ride along one night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you want to see what I do for a night? Me and my dad went on a ride along. And it yeah. was, yeah, it was crazy. It was yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's like going on a live, live action episode of Cops. Like, you know, it's just as a, as a teenager, you're just enthralled by it. Mm-hmm. But I just remember specifically going to the station for a break. I think it was probably towards the end of the shift. But going to the station and like, you know, they show you the snack bars and stuff like that. And, and then they had like a video game area where they would practice sh- shooting. And there was, you know, like a video game where you'd have, you know, these simulated criminals jump on and they were of different races and stuff and right. the cops just making racist comments and me just sitting there I oh boy. really uncomfortable uh, and seeing that these are like they're all in uniform uh-huh. and, and they're like just good old boys slapping each other in the back and men, people of color like these are right. you know my uncles you know make on one it's just like fuck and not really knowing how to process that because yeah. it's like you wanna but this is the cop mm-hmm. the cop just said that but wait it's just a video game but the cop just said that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ever since then, it's just... And that's the thing to struggle. I mean, I just remember weird. the police, the D.A.R.E. officer coming to... <laughs> yeah, and, we, and we loved him, right? And right. then... And then him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all then... The all the stickers. Right? All the yeah. stickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the but coloring books with marijuana symbols. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all cool. Oh, that's what you did? <laughs> I was dare I didn't graduate. get that one. <laughs> I, know. I got my you, dare sticker. You missed that. You missed that one. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but that's very odd. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Hmm. Uh. But we work closely with Border Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still do. So we've had to. I mean, it's like we have to vibe with them. Yeah. And uh, part of it is letting them know that. Um, we're partners and, you know, we all have our goals. And one of the things that they try to communicate very clearly is that their job is, 
I mean, our safety is um, their highest priority, right? right? So when we have an event at the border, there's a stage on each side of the fence. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to usually stay about 60 feet from the fence on the U.S. side. And so we're always protesting, come on, can we get up against the fence? In Agua Prieta, they're right up against the fence. Uh, You know, the stages. Has has that changed the distance? We have to stay 60 feet. It's always. A, always, yes. Wow. It's a rule that they have in place in the, for the Tucson sector. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Um, but, you know, we have to, it's like, it's it's a dance because yeah. we have to re- maintain that relationship because otherwise the work will not happen. Right. And uh, so it's 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 very interesting. Uh, those dances are weird to yeah. me. Because <laughs> we have to, usually we use the power in Agua Prieta in Mexico. Uh-huh. We yeah, use yeah. Uh, the electricity, so we have to cross a wire, and, and so it's this whole thing. Oh, wow. And then they get mad at us sometimes because, like, last time somebody put their, or crossed their flocorico shoes huh. across the fence, and we got a slap on the wrist. Really? We're not allowed to cross anything through the fence. Oh, wow. Unless they're there, but we can cross electricity. Not humans, electricity. (laughs) But power. Power. (laughs) I just, Border Patrol feels less threatening and scary to me than ICE. Mm -hmm. Yeah. ICE is just evil. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. To me too. I mean, Border Patrol go out there and and they they have like a a unit, an emergency unit. They save a lot of our our migrants, brothers and sisters. Yeah, they... I mean, there's that aspect, mm-hmm. right. you know, like the humanitarian side of the job. So there are those individuals who kick over the bugs, uh, the jugs of water, though. There are, and, but there are those individuals who are more they're they're compassionate. Like they're like they realize this is you know this is all circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Like all things being equal, they probably wouldn't be in this situation. So they approach it with that mentality. It's yeah. like okay, my job is to do this, and then you know, push back the line. My job is not to you know treat you inhumanely you know right. there are some who volunteer that yeah. but the, the, and it's heartening to hear that there are still a good chunk of border patrol agents who are still concerned about who still see these people or their charges as human beings right and a lot of it has to do with the, the fact that they're locals yeah you know oh. which is it's so yeah. complicated yeah, yeah. but hmm. you get less of the kicking of the water jugs I think yeah. God, I hadn't even heard of the kicking of the water drink. You haven't? No. Yeah, there's some jerky videos and images of like where you have uh, Border Patrol will go. Um, and yeah, because some folks will leave yeah jugs of water out, right. and, and they find it and they video video mm-hmm. videotape them deliberately, like dumping oh, them out, emptying them out. Which is just like some humanitarian groups are still in the area. They're just hiding, and then they zoom in with the oh, okay. And watching Border okay. Patrol just dump out the water and cut up the jugs and stuff like that. Hmm. Wow. That's that sucks. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a weird thing because I keep think my I would hope my cousin Jose. Oh shit! I said his name. <laughs> Get it out. It's out now. <laughs> beep. Uh, well, the, the beep should come before uh, <laughs> over the name. <laughs> it's like the, when they blur the face and they get out of the, the ring. <laughs> Stay still. Ooh. Stop moving. Yeah. Stay in your mark. <laughs> Tail slate. Cut the previous minute. 
<laughs> but I can't imagine my cousin Jose doing something like that. Uh, Tails late. But, uh, <laughs> Tails late. Cut the last 10 seconds. Yeah, and he's such a nice guy, too. Yeah. But he's also border prone as possible. And I can't imagine my friend that's a police officer treating people mm-hmm. that way. And I've been on ride-alongs with him and saw, seen how scary that job is mm-hmm. and how much people do not respect the police. Um, and... Uh, uh, so I can't imagine him treating people that way, but it's just a weird thing for me. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's a weird thing when you know someone in there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're just letting it sit for a second. <laughs> just letting it sit. <laughs> so, what else about living in a border town is really interesting? Are there ghosts? any ghosts? <laughs> of course. There's always ghosts. Of course. Especially when there's a big community of Latinx people. There's a ghost there. (laughs) Believe me, there's a ghost somewhere. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Espiritus, mira. Uh Espiritus, (laughs) yeah. Have you experienced any? Anything uh, ghostly? Espiritos or yeah. ghosts? Oh, yes. You, you were telling me about this. So ghosts, you said, not so much. No, it's just, I mean, the legends in the community, sure. right? We have ghost stories, but, go, but um, haunted hotels and things. Yeah. But you said you experienced a vision. I did. Oh. I had a vision Talk. of love. I don't know. I was <laughs> no, she did have a vision. She did I sort of a have vision. a vision of love. Vision of love, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, so where did this yeah. happen? This happened, I I was about 12 years old. Oh. I was young. Um, but I remember it like it was yesterday because my abuela had recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And I was 11 when that happened. So I know it was like I was 12. Um and of course, I mean, it was La Virgen de Guadalupe. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I saw her. So we were Wait, coming. Go are ahead. you Catholic? I mean, I was. Okay, so uh, at the time you were Catholic. Yeah. Okay, no. okay, okay. Because okay. it would have been a whole different story if you were like Jewish. I know, right? Here's how you would know you had a really good abuela because like, if, I think you're close to the same age as us. Mm-hmm. Like you could get like baptized and confirmed in the same ceremony and that's how you knew like your family was super catholic yeah. like, Mira, no hell for you i think they started doing that later they offered it as like a package <laughs> <laughs> because when i i never got confirmed i got confirmed uh, yeah. i never got confirmed it was separate from me but i see, mean I, I had to take all the classes yeah. yeah took the classes and then i got confirmed in like one big joint confirmation at what used to be bank one ballpark but now wow. it's like the diamond back <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had all of us in there. And then it was Bishop O'Brien when he was still the bishop. And he was just like (gasps) one big swoop. And we were all good. Wow. He was efficient. (laughs) Get them all together. You were confirmed in the wave. (gasps) Uh Pretty much. We did a wave. You know what's so funny? If he would have confirmed you and put the holy water on you and someone (laughs) would have yelled out, play ball. I know. (laughs) You walked out with a bobblehead. Oh, God. Of Jesus, but it was like you know they open the seat, they open the roof because the roof can open during you know. Oh, and that's then, dramatic. You know, doves fly out, and it was ridiculous. Whoa. It was ridiculous, is what like it was. A Prince concert, but you were saying, but, but you were saying, so you were eleven <laughs> and Catholic and confirmed, twelve-ish. I was confirmed, I believe, uh-huh. maybe, yeah. Um, and we were driving home from Phoenix to Douglas because okay. I mean we're. When you live in a border town, you're always going to the big cities to mm-hmm. do stuff. So I was just um, in the back seat by myself, and La Virgen showed up on the window. Oh. Yeah. 
And I remember not telling, I didn't, I, I was almost like I couldn't talk. And mm-hmm. I just watched her for about an hour. <laughs> she was there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, a long time, a very long time. And I was, I was like blinking. And, and then after a while, I just sat with her. I just kind of like looked at the beauty of the light because it was transparent. It was through the window. So it was very colorful. La presencia. Yeah. It was, I'll just, it was, it's so vivid in my mind. I don't have that many memories from that time period. That is a vivid memory. Uh, Me laying in the backseat watching La Virgen. And so um, shortly after that, La Virgen appeared on a water, is it called a water boiler? Like the water heater. Water heater. Oh, a water yeah. heater. So uh, there's a, a house on uh-huh. close G Avenue and it burned. <laughs> and La Virgen, the oh. shape of La Virgen appeared on it. Yeah. And that's a thing yeah, that's like happened we, uh-huh. many Is the water cooler still there? It's still there. And <gasps> the whole community, Agua Prieta, Douglas, todos, like we would Seriously? all go and like. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And so it was. It was a very spiritual moment in my yeah. life because I had the really? vision and then that happened. Wow. And so it's still there. I mean, it's faded, but it was the exact shape. I mean, the angels like is, at the bottom. Like, it was, is the wow. house still there? The house is still the there. The house is still there. The boiler is still there. It's in a case. And so it is shri- it's a shrine It's now? a shrine. It's, in the, it's still visible from the sidewalk. Yeah, wow. but it's not as... The the mark of uh-huh. the burn isn't as vivid, right? Isn't oh, as yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some fading, but it was trippy to say the least. Yeah. So it wasn't like one of those um, uh, Our Lady <laughs> of the Tortilla situations where it was kind of campy. It was <laughs> yeah, like it was like legit, like you know, oh, like you know, you could see it. Okay. Yeah. When was Our Lady of the Tortilla? I remember hearing these stories. When, the yeah. tortilla. I don't know when those started. Yeah. It was I don't like know. The 80s. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was during like satanic panic, and then, <laughs> and then, and then to offset it, they're like, "We have the burger and the tortilla." Seen it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw the tortilla. I because I was telling you too. Yeah, I saw vision. I think it was yeah, that vision. Well, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, my mom had heard. My mom and my nana heard that there were people seeing a vision of the Virgin Mary at a church in Eloy. Hmm. So they said, "We're gonna go see it." And we did. So we went to school, after school, got in the car, drove to Eloy. I remember it was a drizzly evening. And we just go out to this little church. And there's a bunch of abuelitas out there just like humming and singing with their, you know, their their doily veils. And they're just looking up and umbrellas. <laughs> and, and I just remember my mom and them looking up. And I said, well, I don't see it. What do you see? And she goes, well, look right there. And I just remember kind of adjusting and I saw a shape that looked like a woman with a it looked like she had a little bit of a belly but at the same time it just looked like she had something in her hand or her arms and she was rocking and it was in the bell tower and I could see it from one side and then I would walk around and couldn't see it from the other side but came back and could see it I saw could your mom see it too my mom could see it too we all saw it you all saw it I'm I know I didn't my I know my mom and I did. I don't remember if anyone else. I don't remember if my nana said she did, but I saw something. Was it colorful? It was not. It was a black silhouette. A black silhouette. Yeah. Well, yours was colorful. It was vibrant. Vibrant. So yeah. you saw really? everything. Yeah. I think I would that freak out if I saw that. <gasps> no. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know what. Yeah, I think I would freak. I know. I me. mean, you don't. <laughs> 
couldn't move, I remember. That yeah, it's, yeah. I do remember yeah. feeling nervous. Like, oh my God. And then it's and like, then, like I those... don't want it to end. Yeah. That's how I was feeling. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I didn't want to talk about, you know, say anything yeah. either. Yeah. You're like, this is really, ha- is this what it's like? This is what it's like yeah. when you have a vision or you're seeing visions, right? Like, that's the dialogue I'm having in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you're seeing this, visions. It's not this, real. Is it. this is it. This is it. Ricky? No, this, this is, is it. Ricky? No, this is it. This is it. This is it. This real life? <laughs> that was your stomach. You're gl- it's growling. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the Virgin Mary. <laughs> Have you seen Lovey Tin? No, yeah. I haven't. But I feel like I would freak out. Um, yeah, I don't consider like myself starstruck. Freak out? No, no, like... no. Like, like I saw Britney. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> Light a candle. <laughs> Have you had a vision? Uh, no, I haven't. Anything like, my religious? Fam- my family, my family has had them. Like uh, my mom, when she was a little girl, she um, looked into like a glass cabinet one time, and she could have sworn she was looking at a picture of her mom. Her mom had passed, and she was raised by her grandparents. And um, like she was just kind of looking at it for a while, and she was asking. She asked her 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 her, her nana. She said, "What's this picture doing over here?" And she's like, "What picture?" It's like this picture of my mom. What's it doing over here? And uh, she said that we don't have a picture of your mom. Mm-hmm. And like she turned away, and she turned back, and it was gone. Oh. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of those heartening experiences. My dad had yeah. one too when uh, his uncle Giko, who was in a wheelchair, um, and it was very, very, very kind to my dad. Like he was sort of like a pseudo father to him. He's very, very kind. Um, and he was sick in the hospital, uh, and our family did not tell my dad. Um, so the family drama. Why don't? Why is that not, not an episode? But anyway. Um, so anyway, he uh, one night he was streaming, and. Um, one night he was dreaming, and uh, he's, he he ha- he was having a very long conversation with him, and it was like you know just letting him know like you know I'm all right, everything's fine, you know we'll see each other again, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. And the next day they called him up and said that he had passed away. Wow. So yeah, yeah. So um, they're not scary. They're no, just sort no. Of like, they're just, think, no. Yeah, they're just sort of like. <gasps> now I, I feel like in my family they're scary though, because anytime we see some type of vision, people are freak out, and mm-hmm. you know I. Um, when you said that you saw her in the window, my mom has a story mm-hmm. similar to that, but not seeing the Virgin Mary. She said that uh, she was in the back of a pickup. They were migrant workers, and they would um, throw all of them in back of the pickup and put a camper over it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. they were they were they were in the, asleep. And she said she woke up and she heard a thud, and there was a person in the little window in the back of the camper, and she screamed, and she was telling her dad, and her dad saw it. And they booked it, and they hauled it, and that person was still stuck onto the window. Yeah. What? Yes. And she said it was almost like a, like, and then he was gone. Like, was almost it like, like a, a little, like the whole body in the window? She said she or saw like a face. A face. A face. Okay. Um, and no matter how fast they would go, that person was there. And then she said all of a sudden he was gone. Like, he, like, like a bunch of pieces of paper just went all over the place. What? And she's like... And she tells that story, and my aunt Bertha tells the same story. Yeah, and she said, if your grandpa was alive, he would tell you the same story. Mm-hmm. We don't have, know how to explain it. <laughs> it was so when those... you started saying your story, I was like, oh my god! It was one of those lawyer ads. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Attorney Lloyd Baker <laughs> because he has guns. Have you seen those arms? I have. Yeah, With his motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was on his oh, motorcycle. He's got like a motorcycle. Attorney Lloyd Baker. God. Oh, anyway, funny. It's making me laugh. The powerhouse attorney. Yeah. Is there anything you're working on right now that you want to share with folks or things that we should look out for with Border Arts Corridor? Well, I mean, just keep an eye on Border Arts Corridor where we're working on finding the funding for the renovation of our theater, but we're also 
collaborating with partners in Phoenix and Tucson and Agua Prieta to to develop and produce a binational event, yeah. which will incorporate dance, um, digital art, and theater art. So we're, awesome. and that's something that we're working on with um, Rising Youth Theater yeah. as a partner, Ooh, yeah. Exanthia Walker, and Safos, uh, Yvonne Montoya, mm-hmm. and then myself, and we're working with three youth artists, oh, and nice. they all have roots in Agua Prieta. So that's going to happen. March 26th, the weekend of March 26th, mm-hmm. um, that production, 2020. Um, but like I said, we're we're thinking about placemaking. And so, you know, grants associated with placemaking and, yeah. you know, how do we how do we just work with our communities and uplift artists on both sides of the border? And so. So if folks wanted to learn more, where how could they how could they find you? Um, so our website is bachaz.org. And that's B A B A C B A C dot org. I'm sorry, Bach is B A C A Z dot org. Ah, I never spelled it out before. <laughs> and then so we have social media, so you mm-hmm. can look us up uh, Instagram and Facebook. And and then my website is mjanaesanchez.com. And uh, my artwork is there, and yeah, awesome. I'm trying to update it, but working on a few exhibitions for the Museum of U of A. Oh, awesome! And the Tucson Museum of Contemporary Art. So two shows are in the works right now. Um, group shows, and which I'm Jan- really excited about. And that's Janae J E A J E N E A J E N E A. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, Ernie. What do you have going on this week? Anything you want to share with folks this week? Um. I'll be at the Improv tomorrow, and <laughs> oh, Six Sense Theater. I was like, I'm somewhere else. I'm <laughs> the worst hype man for myself. I never know where I'm at. But uh, um, yeah, and um, I'm also teaching a workshop at uh, Big Pine Comedy Festival, or facilitating a workshop at Big Pine Comedy Festival. Um, it's in September, but please sign up now because it was full um, last time. Mm-hmm. But all that information is on ErnieOrtiz.com. And... Carlos, what uh, what about you when people want to reach for, out to you? Did you forget my name? Mm-hmm. No, I was, gonna, I was, I was gonna virgin say, mother. I, I was going to say you thought you were an apparition. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say Eligio, but I'm like that just sounds weirdly formal. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, um, uh, before I was in Southern Arizona, now I'm going to be up in Northern Arizona, so I'll be uh, just taking pictures again. So if you see some random guy taking pictures, that's Carlos. Follow <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. It's not. <laughs> it's just, not a ghost. Just smile. <laughs> God. And, How about you, Ricky? Uh, just working on work. Uh, if you want to find out, just what working doing, on work. Just working on work. You know the huge. Not getting Teatro Bravo stuff back in Yay! back in shape. Nice. Um, and you can find me at Ricky Ariza six hundred two on Instagram or Ricky Ariza on Facebook. We need to get to a URL. <laughs> yeah, I do need to get a website. That's you know. I'm gonna say anything, but <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> you mentioned your website it's like i need to get my website yeah. together no because it's been great because i'm working on a project actually with mark binat there we're, nice. we're collaborating on something and and he wanted me to send him some clips of things and i you know i got all together i'm like i haven't edited videos ever and now that i've actually edited videos and i know how to do it i'm like i really need to get a reel and a website together get yeah. it together and freelance you have, ricky you could have it all in one place, you have it all in one place. Yeah. You can, now that i'm freelancing i should probably be able to just like Give my website out. Yeah, your website out on EPK. You should get the, uh, the website host to sponsor the show. Boom. Oh. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Like give a plug. Look, look at that. that. Always be closing. Always. <laughs> always. See? Always be closing. See? Look yeah. at this. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs>
on that note. I'm working on it. On that note. Uh, and remember. If you hear the door creak. If you see the lights flicker. If it feels like something's there. It's not your imagination. Run, perras. It's, it's the, the cuckoo. cuckoo.